Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is Tuesday, May 17th, another Prospect Tuesday coming your way. A slightly different baritone voice, however, coming your way <laughs> on this Prospect Tuesday. Derek Van Riper enjoying a few very well-deserved days off. So, Michael Beller, I am here with you sitting in DVR's chair. In that other chair, however, the very familiar, not quite so baritone, but I think really nice voice of Al Melchior. Al, what's going on, man? Nothing. Thanks a lot, Michael. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> that that is a requirement, right? That uh, the lead host on the show has to have that... Uh, that dulcet baritone. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I've also got like a little bit of a, of like a cough going on. So it's, uh, you know, it's like a, it's got a little bit of a raspiness to it today too, which, you know, I don't know. I think it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But, I, I uh, think bonus points for that. It, yeah. Right. There we go. There we go. So uh, very happy to be here with you on a prospect Tuesday. You guys know the drill here. Drill here, excuse me. We will run through some prospect news, some trending players, and some bats and arms of interest. Al, let's start out with some of the bigger prospect news that is going on in the prospect world. Let's start out with a starting pitcher in the Angels organization, Chase Silseth, uh, made his uh, debut, discussed as a deep sleeper last week, and looks like he is lined up to start on Friday against the A's. He has put together a very nice run in 26 innings at the AA level uh, this season. How interesting is Silseth in your eyes? Well, he's he's really interesting. And yeah, he went from deep sleeper to, uh, you know, fantasy uh, on the fantasy hot sheet uh, within a matter of like two days uh, mm-hmm. because we recorded that episode and then very shortly th- thereafter the Angels called him up, made his uh, major league debut uh, also against the Athletics. And um yeah, I mean, a really uh, extremely promising debut, six scoreless innings, four strikeouts, just to line the one hit. I mean, promising is probably actually a really uh, an understatement there for Silseth. But, I, you know, the, the question obviously is, how long is he up? He is not yet the announced starter uh, for the Angels on Friday, but he is still up with the club, so... That would seem to be a strong signal, you know, given that they just didn't turn around and send him down and right. like bring up an extra arm or a, a bench bat. Um, that it seems like he, I, I would assume that he's very likely to make that start on Friday. That's another, obviously, a great matchup against Oakland. So if you have an opportunity to to get him still for that start, I think that he's um, worthy of adding. You know, in any league certainly deeper than twelve teams. And uh, definitely worth stashing, I would say, in those formats as well. You know, 15 teams at least and, and deeper. And, uh, you know, it just remains to be seen how he performs then if he does pitch then and if that's going to catapult him into a, a permanent spot uh, in the rotation. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a crowded rotation to be sure, but um, you know you you do what he did at the AA level. You come up, you make a couple of good starts. There's definitely it feels as though there's some room for him to bully his way into the rotation and to stay here, regardless of what anyone else in that rotation might be doing around him. So definitely would love to see him get another turn in what would be a very friendly spot against the A's over the weekend. How about Alex Fiedo coming up through uh, Detroit system back up uh, with Michael Pineda on the IL because of that fractured finger uh threw the ball well uh, on monday night five and two-thirds innings pitched uh, just one run four k's against the rays fido where does he sit for you Al? i think um roughly the same spot as uh soul seth uh, i think there's obviously the minor league numbers haven't been you know quite as uh quite as impressive but sure. again fido's missed a lot of time in recent years uh with injury so kind of hard to exactly judge you know where he is now but yeah a really promising start uh with a couple 
uh, of outings with the Tigers. His all, he's also just allowed one barrel, and I know that's probably just small sample noise, but uh, a very good whiff rate, good chase rate, um, not a very good called strike rate, which is kind of uh, causing the, the the top line numbers to look not as good as they might mm-hmm. otherwise. But, um, you know, just like with Soulset, some very promising stats in a very small sample so far for Fido. Uh, definitely a target at this point in, uh, in 15 teamers and deeper. Certainly given us reason to believe. And, uh, you know, obviously you're going to have to uh, eventually be able to attack hitters in the zone. You can't just live on, on whiffs and chases uh, at the major league level, but definitely a promising start thus far. Fiado, someone who, uh, given us, uh, given us some plenty of reason to be interested in fantasy leagues. Ryan Pepio, another guy uh, who's given us some reason to be interested in fantasy leagues. We, uh, by time, uh, the, some people are listening to this. He uh, could have made a, a start, but uh, what are you looking at with Pepio? <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm chuckling at that because I'm doing just a, a quick uh, search here to look at the first game of the Dodgers Diamondbacks yeah, right? uh, doubleheader because yeah. he's he's the Pepio is the presumed starter there. Uh-huh. Uh, they the Dodgers have still not announced a starter, and <laughs> yeah. at this point we are about four hours ahead of first pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's intriguing. It's intriguing, but in terms of fantasy relevance and and fantasy approach, uh, you know whether. Pepio makes the start on Tuesday or not is, is kind of immaterial. Um, of course, he did have that that first uh, major league start last week uh, with too many walks, uh, a short outing. Uh, but I, I think long term, I really don't have much to add in the week since we last talked about him mm-hmm. on here. Uh, I, I think that the the take that DVR has had with Pepio that he could fill a really important role for the Dodgers as either a sixth starter, uh, injury replacement slash uh, long reliever in the bullpen. Uh, you know, it's the Dodgers, so it's it's not right. hard to imagine them uh, mixing and matching roles there uh, with the back end of their their rotation. And so, you know, for that reason, Pepio is still worth a worthy stash in deeper leagues. How about the teammate, Michael Grove? He made a uh, debut over the weekend against the Phillies, gave up four unearned runs in three and two thirds. So done in a little bit by the defense behind him. Did have three walks, struck out three. He's back down in the minors, but he's pitched really well at the AA level this year. Al, 22 Ks against five walks in 16 and a third. Uh, Is there any reason to stash him, you think? I think less than Pepio, uh, and I think that his promotion was a surprise to a lot of us. It was a surprise to me, uh, but it definitely puts him on the radar as somebody who's maybe in line to fill a similar role uh, that we've projected for Pepio. Uh, he certainly had a, a better start than Pepio did his first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's more of an NL only stash in this case for Grove, just because the, the, the depth chart and the numbers game, but uh, definitely if nothing else, somebody to have on your watch list. Yeah, definitely looking like that. And like, so right. We're always going to be interested in that, that arm on the Dodgers roster and maybe, you know, it doesn't seem like Grove is most likely to fill that spot, but like you said, the fact that they called him up at least puts him on the radar to potentially be a guy who fills that spot. Over on the other side of the country, we've got Luis Heel and Clark Schmidt to talk about. Heel sent back down to the minors. Schmidt up and in the bullpen. What do you make of this situation? Uh, well, I think, you know, it may be a little bit hard to figure out who to uh, to prioritize here? A uh, couple of good prospects for the Yankees. Schmidt yet to uh, to make a start this year, so being used in that long relief role that we were just talking about, maybe Pepio fills at some point for the Dodgers. Uh, but Schmidt's been really very good and very effective in that role. 
I think the, the relevant question here is who's the next one up? Uh, was healed the last time uh, to make mm-hmm. a start, but I mean, you just you have to think that it's Schmidt, unless the Yankees are just really interested in keeping him in that long relief role. Because uh, you look at Heal, and the the walks have continued to be a problem for him uh, in the minors. Uh, you know, this year, last year when he was up, the strikeouts are still there, but I think there's limited appeal uh, with such an issue with with control. So uh, I think for me, it's if you're looking for a stash deeper leagues uh it, to me it's definitely schmidt over heel and really it, it, depending on your format it might not even be a stash i mean if it's a league where you can use schmidt for for those bulk relief innings and and that uh, can be rewarded then uh you know i think in deeper leagues he's worth not only having on your roster but actually starting him we've been interested in the depth of houston's rotation really all season long and now maybe we're gonna get uh, some more look at it jake odorizzi dealing with a leg injury so could that mean a call-up for Hunter Brown, uh, not on the 40-man roster, so that complicates things a little bit, but he has uh, looked really good at the uh, AAA level so far this season. 41K, 17 walks, a 2.76 ERA in 29 and a third. Do you expect this to happen, Al? And let's just say in a world where it does, where does he compare with some of the other pitchers we've talked about? Well, um, I first of all, I, I think the first answer influences the second because I don't see that uh, the the uh, Astros are going to make that 40 mm. man roster move. I would be surprised if they did. So, uh but this also depends on the severity of the injury and we don't know anything yet about that. So that was just uh sustained on Monday night. Uh Odorizzi exiting early uh, from his start. So, if he's going to be out a while, maybe that's something that the Astros find or it's going to be more worth their while to make that 40 man move to figure out how to how to make room for Hunter Brown. To me, he would be the 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 obvious next pitcher up the other possibility of course is that the Astros go back to a five-man rotation so I think between the 40-man issue and the fact that they could just go with the five-man rotation my expectation is we won't see Hunter Brown until maybe the second half of the season uh, in terms of where he fits in in this group that we've talked about so far I think pretty pretty highly I would say not as high as uh, Silseth or maybe uh, Fiado but um I think more of a chance to contribute on a regular basis than Pepio once Brown does come up uh, and maybe uh, more so than, than Clark Schmidt as well. So it's, it's a watch list situation. I don't think there's any need to be making a move just yet, but uh, watch this one closely and watch that uh, injury news for Jake Odorizzi. And finally, Rodolfo Castro back up in Pittsburgh. He's uh, started five straight games. He's getting on base a ton at the AAA level so far this season, an OBP just shy of 400, just two homers, but love to see the on-base skills. Meanwhile, you've got O'Neill Cruz hitting just 185 down at Indy. He does have three homers and eight steals, so you know, showing off those skills that we know he has. How interested are you in Rodolfo Castro if he's going to be getting this sort of playing time for the Pirates? Not very in mixed leagues. Uh, definitely an N-only pickup depending on your needs, maybe 15 team, just because uh, as, as we often say on the show that uh, once you're talking 15 team and deeper, sometimes he just wants to be with regular playing time. And Castro seems to have that now, uh, mostly starting at shortstop, but he could certainly uh, move over and start at second base or, or even third base as well. So um, other than that, I don't see a lot of appeal there. I mean, Castro, I'm sure many of you remember, he came up late last year, hit five home runs, like, in succession very, very quickly. Uh, that p- level of power has not really been there, as you noted, Michael, not really been there at AAA so far this year, um, not in the five games that he's played with the Pirates. And the other the other factor here, too, as you mentioned, O'Neill Cruz, I mean, he, of course, is going to be the one taking over at shortstop at some point this year. Yes. And you said 
the, the power is there. The steals have been coming. He's just not hitting. He's just not getting the base hits on balls and play. That is something that will very likely correct itself um, and probably sooner than later. So I'm not saying O'Neill Cruz is going to be up, you know, next week or, mm-hmm. you know, by, by the beginning of June. But I think that, you know, certainly I would think by sometime in June or July, Cruz is going to, he's going to click. He'll be up and, and he's the longer term solution. Some quick hits here to run over Kamar Rocker. Uh, signs uh, with the uh, Frontier League Tri-City Valley Cats will be eligible again in this July's draft. Riley Green has been cleared to resume baseball activities. Still no return, or no timetable, excuse me, for a return to game action. Uh, Guardians call up Richie Palacios, uh, hitting uh, 255 with a 366 OBP, one homer and four steals at AAA Columbus. Seth Beer down to AAA Reno. Just been a real struggle for beer on the season 210 with one homer with the Diamondbacks. Asa Lacey on the IL at double A with a back injury. And finally, Andrew Abbott in Cincinnati system promoted to uh, the double A level Chattanooga from high A Dayton leads all minor league pitchers with 52 strikeouts on the year. So obviously it weighs off, but something perhaps to keep in the back of your mind. Let's talk about some trending players here. Alan, let's start out with Max Meyer. We've got Cody Poteet starting in Jesus Luzardo's place against the Nationals later today. Today being Tuesday. But Meyer, we it, it feels like it's a matter of time for Meyer to eventually get into this Miami rotation. You've got this injury. You've got Eliezer Hernandez not exactly throwing the ball super well so far this season. So when is the time to say when, Al, on Max Meyer and adding him? Oh, that's been the weekly question. I feel like since week one, <laughs> practically, <laughs> we talk about Max Meyer on the show every week and for good reason. Uh, so I, I, it obviously seems like that time is coming closer. I know a lot of folks are, are frustrated that Meyer's not already been called up. And if you look at the, the comments from the Marlins organization, uh, they're, they're saying all the usual things that pe- that front office people say when they're not bringing up a prospect that people want to see that he's got things to work on. He's got a you know third pitch he's got to refine. They want him to have you know extended success. They want him to be able to stay up when he comes up, all mm-hmm, those things. Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, to me, if I read between those lines, I mean, of course, like Max Meyer is not going to come up and, and be sent back down unless... He just somehow <laughs> yes. isn't isn't ready for the We'd level. We'd be talking with, like a seven and a half ERA or something. <laughs> yeah, or higher. <laughs> so uh, I, I do expect that the time is soon. If you have not grabbed Max Meyer and he is out there uh, on waivers in your leagues, I think this weekend is the time uh, because, uh, I mean, it depends too. We don't know how long Luzardo is going to be out, but let's say he's out for an extended period. Uh, Poteet, uh, I'm sure that the Marlins would rather have him back in that, that long relief role. And if, even if Luzardo is back, you, know, you mentioned Eliezer Hernandez. I mean, there's a possibility of a role change there, of going to a six-man rotation. So there's all kinds of ways the Marlins could get Meyer into the rotation if they want to. I agree with you. I think it's just a matter of time and and definitely needs to be in 12-team leagues, if not mm-hmm. 10-teamers, uh, by the end of this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And when I when I mention Eliezer Hernandez, I'm not suggesting that he's going to lose his rotation spot, but just there's there are multiple paths to Max Meyer getting into this rotation on top of the fact that he's just really damn good. So we're going to see Max Meyer, I think, sooner rather than later in a Marlins uniform. How about Nolan Gorman? It feels like a sooner rather than later situation for him also potentially, maybe not as soon as Meyer, but it just feels like he's knocking on the door too loud to ignore at this point. Paul DeYoung sent down, still blocked by Brendan Donovan and Edmund. Sosa, but 
it's hard to ignore the numbers, Al, at AAA. 282, 14 homers, three steals. It feels like Gorman's got to be getting here soon. Yeah, he definitely feels like the hitter uh, analogy to Max Meyer, like just putting up ridiculous numbers at AAA. Uh, there's, there's definitely, probably for him, an even clearer path because uh, Paul DeYoung, probably not coming back anytime soon. And, and really, if he were, I mean, he wouldn't necessarily have to be starting every day. So yep. uh, the opportunities there for Gorman, just for some reason that the Cardinals want to see him in AAA a little bit longer. Uh, I agree with you that, that now is the time, uh, 12 teamers, maybe not uh, 10 teamers, although I wouldn't argue with you too hard about stashing mm-hmm. him there. But uh, I personally, I did uh, pick him up in one of my 12 teamers this weekend, uh, just figuring that that call is going to come within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and that'll be an exciting one as well. Myron Gorman, uh, a couple of really exciting young players. It'll be fun to see them in the majors. Got to believe we're going to be seeing that uh, pretty soon here. Adley Rutschman, thinking that he's going to be back also pretty soon. He's hitting 194 in nine games uh, at AAA Norfolk. Of course, he's working his way back from a tricep strain. So when you're talking about that, you're talking about a young player, you're talking about a guy working behind the plate. The results don't really matter too much. Obviously, we'd like to be something better than 194, but this is really first and foremost about health and then secondarily about the results. How are you treating Rutschman right now? Uh, well, how I'm literally treating him is that not this week, but last week, I actually put him in a, a starting slot in my AL only, thinking okay. that he might be up during the go. week. <laughs> Didn't happen. Uh, so yeah, this is going to take a little bit longer. Took him back out of the starting lineup uh, for this coming week. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I think it's not necessarily imminent, but I also, you know, figure it's going to be, you know, within maybe the next two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that the Orioles just want to see Rutschman get into a groove at the AAA level, uh, and then there's really no reason to keep him down there. All right, finally, one more guy here who is trending a little bit farther off than the three guys we've talked about, but still certainly worth discussing here. It's Brian Bellow, who just gave us uh, seven no-hit innings uh, against Double A Redding on May 5th, and then goes out six scoreless uh, in his last start against Hartford, looking very good coming up through Boston system. A 1.6 ERA, 42 Ks against 12 walks and 33 and two-thirds innings pitched. So he's not quite on the cusp in the ways that we've talked about these other guys, but how close is close enough for you when you consider how good he could potentially be? Well, yeah, I wouldn't expect to see Bello up this year, but um, and if so, it would be pretty late. But uh, so, yeah, I think all the players that we've talked about so far, I mean, the the impact has been more so for redraft leagues. I think, you know, for Bello, it's more... Uh, you look and see if he's available in your in your dynasty leagues because he's a must-own there uh, and, you know, is certainly rostered in a in a lot of uh, in a lot of those leagues but uh where he's not rostered he certainly needs to be yeah definitely someone who is of interest there Meyer Gorman and Rutschman a little bit more of interest with just how much of an immediate impact they could be making all right now let's move on to the level roundup this week we are at the high a level we'll start with some bats of interest and even more specifically some infield bats of interest. I'm just going to throw a bunch of names at you. You can pick one, two, whatever you want to do and, and dive a little further into him. We got Ellie De La Cruz, a shortstop in Cincinnati system. Mason Wynn, shortstop in St. Louis. Marco Luciano, a shortstop in San Francisco. Connor Norby, a second baseman coming up through the Baltimore organization. Cesar Prieto, also there in Baltimore. And John Kenzie Noel in Cleveland. Any of these guys or which of these guys is most interesting to you to watch right now? I th- actually, for me, it's probably Cesar Prieto, just because uh, he's probably a little bit more 
under the radar than some of these other prospects. You know, certainly, you know, Luciano, uh, universally ranked as a as a top prospect. Uh, De La Cruz, Win, Norby, you know, all getting a certain amount of. Uh, uh, prospect notoriety, but uh, Prieto, uh, uh, an offseason signing uh, out of Cuba, uh, signed back in January, and the scouting reports on him were, you know, this is somebody who's uh, got some great contact skills. He's showing those uh, already in in high A. Uh, there was one report, I believe, on MLB.com that equated him to uh, Aledmus Diaz. But you look at the, the the power so far, seven home runs to go with a 354 average. And he is a little bit, in fact, he's older than all the other prospects that you mentioned, Michael. He's uh, 23. Uh, everybody else you mentioned is 2021. 20, but, um, you know, for first exposure to uh, to play here in, uh, in the minors, uh, really a great, you know, great stats across the board. And just the question is whether or not that uh, power is going to translate as he moves up the ladder and he could move very quickly too. So he's probably still out there in quite a few dynasty leagues. So, uh, I know I, a lot of times really look for prospects who can make a contribution sooner than later. And, uh, Prieto is definitely, if, if you prefer that uh, approach, Prieto is definitely somebody to, to target. Um, and then really other, you know, out of this group, um, John Kenzie Noel, uh, really interesting player. I don't know how his skill profile is going to uh, translate to the majors because he is sort of an all or nothing player. If you look at the profile, it's like everything you would expect uh, from a player with that label. Uh, a lot of strikeouts, uh, a very fly ball heavy approach with a lot of pulled fly balls. Uh, and he is hitting just 240 at high A, but he's also got nine home runs already. So, just, I think, a player to watch, not necessarily a player to add in your dynasty leagues if he's available, but maybe see if he can bring that K rate down because if he can, there's just a, an awful lot of power potential there. A couple of outfielders we're talking about in this episode for different reasons. Evan Carter in Texas, just 19 years old and already showing off some some skills that can make him a really interesting major league player if and when he does arrive. And then Zach Veen, a name we've known for a while, stealing a lot of bases but not really doing a whole lot else. How do you look at these guys? Uh, oh, yeah, both intriguing, obviously, and Veen, yeah, like you said, we already know about uh, former first rounder, top, uh, highly ranked prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you figure that that power is going to come. Uh, you would like with uh, Noel, you would like to see the strikeout rate come down for Veen, uh, currently a 28.7% for him. But Carter to me is so intriguing. A 19 year old doing damage at the high A level. Last year was one of the youngest prospects to be playing in a full season league, playing in, in A ball. Um, really great play discipline that we're seeing already and young enough that maybe that the we'll see a, a growth in his power skills. Uh, also a little hard to project for him because he did uh, miss time at the end of last year with sure. a stress fracture in his back, but definitely uh, has, has picked right up this year. He's hitting 295, couple home runs, uh, six steals. So, you know, has the potential to be a, a multi-category uh, contributor and, uh, you know, just incredible that he's doing all this at the age of 19. Yeah, 19 years old, pretty ridiculous to see that, those skills already coming through. It's one thing to have the skills and to have the scouts put those skills on you. It's a totally a different thing to actually be showing those skills at any level of professional baseball at 19 years old. So a really intriguing player in the Texas system. Let's go behind the dish here. Al, three catchers to discuss really quickly here. Austin Wells, a 22-year-old with the Yankees. Drew Romo, 20 years old. He is in Colorado system. And then a super deep sleeper, Nario Rodriguez in Houston system. How are you looking at these three catchers 
All right, well, we'll start with uh, Wells and Romo, a little bit of a different profile for the, the two of them, but both stealing some bases, by the way. So what's what's with catchers suddenly who steal bases? Dudes uh, are athletes. They're athletes until the <laughs> knees get the better of them in yeah. a couple of years. But for the time being, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but Wells really just phenomenal numbers so far, hitting 330, uh, six homers to go with those nine steals. Romo, uh, more of a, a gap hitter so far in the Colorado system, some doubles power, but, uh, you know, not many strikeouts and a little bit of uh, stolen base potential maybe there for him, at least in the, the initial years, uh, hitting 315. So, you know, you could just imagine how those numbers might play when he gets to Coors Field. So, uh, you know, a couple of popular catcher prospects who are popular for good reason. Rodriguez, uh, very much way, way under the radar, super deep sleeper, uh, was not able to even find him ranked on anybody's rankings. Uh, yeah, certainly we'll, we'll follow up and see what the deal is here because uh, just a big surge in power for him uh, going up from uh, uh, a ball to, uh, to, to high a. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's just a case of somebody who's having a breakout and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get, uh, more detailed reports as, uh, you know, as he, uh, if he's able to sustain this, but, uh, four home runs all of last season in 83 games at the A level, he's already got seven home runs to go with a 323 batting average in high A for the Astros. Certainly something to take a look at. You want to see a surge like that when you're talking about a 22-year-old at the high A level. So uh, a guy to keep our eye on as he potentially keeps on making his way through Houston's system. One other guy that we should probably mention, Noel Di Marte, a guy who everyone's excited about. The Mariners are certainly excited about. Baseball fans, fantasy baseball players, all excited about him. That's not going to change with a slow start to this season, but probably bears mentioning that he's got a little bit of a slow start to this season now. Yep, hitting just 246, a uh, little bit of uh, power with four home runs, but definitely uh, not, you know, when you talk about how some of these other infield prospects are doing <laughs> that we talked about and Marte doesn't quite uh, measure up to them at the high A level, uh, certainly nothing to worry about. If nothing else, uh, you know, maybe float a trade offer. I, I doubt many managers are going to go for that, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not worried about Marte. All right, a few arms of interest before we call it a show. We've got five guys who fit together, and then we'll wrap things up with a look at a deep sleeper. So let's start out with those five guys who fit together in one way or another. Kyle Harrison, San Francisco, 20-year-old. Gavin Williams in the Guardian system, he is 22. Owen White, also 22, coming up through the Texas system. Connor Phillips, a 21-year-old, coming up through Cincy. And then Adam Macko, another 21-year-old in Seattle. Which one or two of these guys is most interesting to you with the season he's putting together? thus far at the high A level? Well, it's hard not to be interested and excited about Kyle Harrison, um, you know, just having an absolutely dominant season so far at the high A level. So I have to imagine it's going to be not too long before he gets promoted. Um, just ridiculous uh, you know, video game numbers. I haven't heard that expression in a while, but uh, 51 strikeouts against nine walks in 24 innings. And I, I, I had to double check that just to make sure... <laughs> You know, there wasn't a typo or something, but uh, just a, an incredible season. And again, 20 years old uh, of the, yeah. the the group you mentioned here, the youngest uh, of them. Uh, but Williams, uh, we've talked about Harrison on the show before. I don't think we've talked about Williams a couple years older at 22, but um, similarly eye-popping numbers, 45 strikeouts, 10 walks, and 30 in the third innings for him with a 148 ERA in the Cleveland system. Uh, 
white, uh, white Mako, uh, also very intriguing. Uh, we've talked about Mako before. He's got a 419 ERA, but uh, that's a little bit of strand rate issue for him. Owen White with a 450 ERA, uh, a BABIP issue for him, but uh, very promising peripherals for the both of them. And Connor Phillips, of, of these five, probably the one with the lowest profile, but a 21-year-old in the red system with 47 strikeouts against 16 walks and 30 innings. Uh, you would like to see that walk rate a little bit lower, but a uh, whole lot of strikeouts from Connor Phillips. So, uh, you know, certainly all players to uh, be be interested in and uh, looking for them if they're available. I'm sure not all of them are, but maybe, maybe Phillips, maybe a couple of them. Definitely can take a look and see if they are with the starts that they're off to this season. Uh, how about a guy sharing the uh, rotation with Adam Mako in Seattle system at the high level? That's our deep sleeper. It is Bryce Miller, 23 years old. So the re- that's the reason why he's a deep sleeper here, maybe a tiny bit old for the level, but it's hard to ignore what he's done this season. Alec, 0.96 ERA, 37 strikeouts against six walks and 28 innings. Yeah, and I mean, Miller's, it's not quite like the the situation we were talking about before with Nero Rodriguez. I mean, Miller's not completely off the, the prospect watching radar, but not, you know, like a top 10 in their team system, like pretty much uh, most of the players that we've talked about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely a little little less heralded, old for the old for the level, like you said, but could move very quickly, uh, throws in the, the upper 90s, and uh, great results so far. So yeah, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Miller moves up, and if he is available uh, in your dynasty leagues, I think definitely now is the time to go ahead and stash him, uh, you know, for that long term. Uh, before uh, before he does get promoted to double A. Digging deep, it's exactly what we do every Tuesday on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's more what you and DVR do, Al, I suppose, if I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm really gonna be if I'm gonna be honest about it and give credit where credit is due since I'm only on this show on Thursdays. But it is a chair I am happy to occupy this Tuesday and help you guys dig deep for some prospects on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball's Prospect Tuesday. That's going to do it for this edition of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast and Prospect Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining us. For Al, I'm Michael Beller. This show right back at you with a couple more episodes later this week, so you're going to want to keep that feed active, open, and ready for download. We'll be talking to you again soon. See you.